don't sweat the technique. Back to the Killer Bees, live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the tailgate. Here's Joel and Jeremy. He's Blake. Uh, I'm Branham. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, discussing Rangers World Series make you feel what? Strami in the World Series makes you feel what? Honeyglaze Branham. My thoughts on it are, well, uh, we're out, so there's no use in worrying about it. Obviously, I would definitely pull for the Rangers getting swept and Adolis getting popped for PEDs. That was his words on ours. It would have uh, gave Houston more bragging rights if Philly made it and beat South Oklahoma. Uh, like, we can beat them, but you couldn't. However, it would be even more embarrassing for Arlington if they lost to Arizona and go 0-3 in the World Series. So that's where Honey Glaze Branham feels about it. Uh, I won't say anything about Adolis. Uh, 9648, hate the Rangers, but not rooting for Arizona, but I'm rooting for Longoria. I've always liked Longoria. I'm curious why you're not rooting for the Diamondbacks, though. Like, what's your angst towards Arizona? Like, is there anything no, that... No, I'm rooting not, for Not them. you, not, oh. not you. Like, if you're not pulling for Arizona in this series, like, where is your, like, uh, dismay for right. this organization? Like, they, they seem pretty harmless to me. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, they not are... Interested. That could be it. Maybe that's it. Well, look, I, I more... think that from a network perspective, the, the network is yeah. extremely disappointed that of all the teams that were in it, that you get these two markets and only these two markets are really going to care. Yeah, uh, especially the the Arizona, you yeah. know, the Phoenix market. I mean, Arlington's got a big market because they're near Dallas, but they were rooting for Philly for sure. No, yeah, there's, there's no, <laughs> Philly, no Dallas would have been big. There's no national cachet. If you if you were Nothing. like AL, they probably weren't. They probably didn't care a whole lot from the ALCS perspective. They're probably slightly. At, I don't know. I really don't. Maybe they didn't have any rooting interest in the ALCS at all. But in LCS, definite huge rooting interest Philly. for Philadelphia because yep, yep. that's a massive market. And they got enough out of the the American League Championship I think Series so. because they got the seven games. They got. They knew there was on-field animosity during the year. There was enough of a storyline there that it would carry. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. Versace says I hate it, and King of Twitches says Murphy and uh, Miller need to be fired. Do you agree with that? That Miller and Murphy I need to go. I don't, and I've heard that a lot in the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours. And I think that's the the, the that everybody's looking for someone to take the blame right now and be the fall guy. And, and, and heads must roll because of the way it ended. And so it, it's kind of like a spinoff with. The fact that we had so many pitchers that underperformed in the playoffs and, as you mentioned, in the second half of the season, that it, you know, if you can't get rid of some of these pitchers because they're under contract and they ain't going anywhere and you're not thinking about that, then someone needs to pay the price. And they, there's a lot of people pointing fingers at the pitching coach. Yeah, I guess I'm going to give a soft answer on this. I've defended Miller and Murphy, uh, but I don't love the way Frommer looked in the second half. Javier looked in the second half. I don't think they were great adjustments. Was it you that brought up the fact that they can't throw over to first base? Like, that's a bit of an issue as well. Um, But, but, you know, part of that too, Jeremy, is we don't know what their physical state is too. Exactly. If there's a tired arm syndrome or something going on in there, no matter what they they do and how they do their job and the analytics and the video that they use – there might not have been any way yeah. to get them out of it. My, my soft answer is I'm letting the manager decide. Like, if whoever you're putting the stock in as the manager of this organization, that manager is going to decide who the pitching coach of this organization is. Oh. Dana Brown shouldn't decide it. Uh, Jim Crane shouldn't decide it. And de facto president of baseball operations, Jeff Bagwell, should not be making the decision on the pitching coach. Whoever is hired as the manager should select who the pitching coach is. I'm going to go twofold on that because I agree with you. One, you never, ever, ever want to get in a situation that Daryl Morey tried to make the norm, which is I'll pick the coach, but I'll also pick his coaching staff because it means so much. And if you look at the Texans, one thing D'Amico was hyper-focused on as soon as he got the job was, I need guys I can trust because of everything that's going on here. I need my guys to know that they have my back so that we do it my way all the time. And it's it's essential. It's insane for anybody to think as a general manager or, or above, I'll give you the head coaching job. 
but I'm also going to pick who your your coaches are going to be because now in every meeting room and every team meeting and coaches meet every coaches meeting, mm-hmm. you don't know if you can trust your own staff. You can't have that. My only pushback is that if the pitchers don't rebound next year and it's a spotter and Murphy and Miller come back with him and it's another bad year or, or there's not improvement, then you have to make change. That's more if tangible. Fromber, if Fromber doesn't – because, like, now there's no World Baseball Classic excuse. There's no World Series excuse. Like So, like, the dead arm thing, tired stuff, has to go away. It's the same thing with the no. batter's eye. Like, a lot of the excuses that we have given the Houston Astros this year of why things didn't go great, and even same thing with the hitting, like the runners in scoring position, I'm fine if everyone's back next year. But, like, if, if things don't get better, you have to make changes because the steps back that Javier and Fromber took back this year was way too much. And if Hunter Brown does not take a major step forward, that's a major red flag for these guys. Now there's substance. Now, now it's tangible, yeah. right? This year could be a fluke, and it could be the, the, the WBC and a lot of different – you know, this long run of pitching deep into the playoffs. If it happens again next year with the same guys, you're absolutely right. Now there's tangible reasons to say I need to make a change. Yeah, um – I mean, I think I think the second half could be tangible, but is it enough of the sample? I, I think it's fair. Yeah. Like maybe maybe a year and a half is maybe a little bit more of a, an accurate feel than just half a year. And there are some other things that could be factors in this, uh, whether it's WBC, not Fromber, uh, whether it's the pitch clock, both of them, whether it's racking up a ton of innings. Javier Fromber's kind of I mean, Fromber threw more innings last year, or right around the same amount. So Fromber's kind of been a workhorse for you. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Rank the free agents in order of how you want to keep them. Uh, Astros have five of them: Brantley, Maldonado, Maton, Neris, Stanek. That's alphabetical order. Uh, actually, before we do that, Michael Brantley, yes or no? Depends on the price. What What's too much? I'm, I'm open. If he gives you a team friendly, I mean a team friendly deal, mm-hmm. and he knows that he just basically stole money for three quarters of the season or more, and he goes five to seven million dollars on a one year deal, I'll take Michael Brantley back, whether he's the bat off the bench or a guy that I'm going to put out there for eighty games a year. I think Jordan Alvarez makes Michael Brantley that that option not possible because now you're carrying two outfielders that aren't going to play every day, and you're carrying two outfielders that you can't use in the outfield every day. So you're basically carrying two DHs, which. I don't think you can do. That's why I'm going to go no on Brantley. Uh, Maldonado. Maldonado's a, a, a tricky one because you brought up uh, – I think it was you brought up the it point. It was Joe. Was it Joe? Yeah, he talked me into oh, it. Oh, about Frommer and yeah. JV? Yeah, yeah about Frommer and JV. It. Yeah, Joe. You, you, I, I, the more I thought about that after the show, uh, I really think there's a legit argument to be made that if you bring him back, he's, your be- he's a, a coach or a bench coach or something like that. But I don't want anything this time around – to be preventing Yiner Diaz from catching the most games yeah. possible. You're preventing, a, you're preventing a situation that could be a problem. Like, you have a first-year manager, and then if you have Verlander and Fromberg coming into your office and be like, I want to throw to Maldonado, like, that's an issue. Like So because I don't want that fire, potential fire, on a first-year manager, whoever it is, uh, I'm, I'm actually out on Maldonado. Joe, Joe talked me into that one. He did, me as well. Yeah, he, talk, he talked me if into it. If he's a coach, I'm fine with it. Yeah. If he's willing to, you know. I, uh, I'm with you on that, Some too. player development coach role to develop y- Yiner. If, if, if Joe Espada gets a promotion, you want to give Maldi the bench coach job? I'm okay cool, with that. Cool, fine with it. But I don't think, I, I think Maldi's there yet. I think Maldi wants to keep playing. Salary matters. If some team's willing to throw 8 to 10 at him, I'm sure he's going to take it. To do I what? Be just whatever. Catch. Oh, yeah, to play. Yeah, You're not getting yeah. that as no, a bench no, no, coach. No, okay. no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 there no, for a second. I mean, like, no. like, how many teams of the 30 major league teams, there's 30 teams, how many yeah. of them are willing to say, we are going to do what the Astros did, and that's effectively play with the old rules in baseball, which is playing without a DH? Like, uh, uh, well, not to start, but but a guy who's going, a team that has a very young catcher, that they want veteran guidance. 
You know, what, like, like you he know, makes sense in Baltimore. I, like, I don't know their backup catch. Yeah, I don't yeah, know their no backup doubt. catcher situation or a well, young pitching honestly, staff too. Arlington, like if if Garver well, leaves, he makes sense as like the backup guy. Like, eh. like there are options. I just I, I'm a no on. I don't think I don't think that could happen. You know who I you know who else I think would, would wouldn't mind Maldi AJ Hinch. Like you get a young oh, pitching yeah. staff with yeah. a veteran catcher. Like I think there's there's teams that are, would be interested in Maldi. There are teams that aren't going. I don't think there's a playoff caliber team or a World Series no. caliber team looking well, for Maldi. But I think to that backup maybe, like to be a backup. Maybe. Yeah, backup. I'm saying yeah. front, I'm starting catcher. Right. I'm, I'm not sure there's any teams that want but, him as a starting. But catcher. I think that there are going to be opportunities for Maldi to play on field for at least one more year. I think if so you're too. the Astros, why not make him? If he doesn't have those opportunities and he wants to stay, but you can make him a coach early on, and yeah. if you have an injury or something happens, you can always bring him back. Eh, I don't like that. Well, you got to if it like, depends on the injury. Well, yeah, you make before. you make the decision though. Like if you're a coach, you're coaching. You're not going to be this player coach thing. Just not going to happen. What you've done it before. Well, I meant as a as a you brought him back. You let him go. Right, but and then you brought I, him I mean, back. when when is an example of a guy who's like, okay, I'm retiring. I'm going to be a coach. And yeah, that probably bring, doesn't. Exist. What did it happen with Ichiro? Not as a coach, but didn't Ichiro retire? And then they had injuries, I and they brought him so. back for the right. last thirty I games. Right. I think that might be the most recent example. Not that he was a coach, but he, but was, he like retired. He like they had an injury, and, and then they brought him back yeah. because they had a need. Phil Maton. Yes. Mm. That was quick. To me, he's not number one on my list. I, I can see them bringing him back. He just has been too cold, hot and cold and more cold than hot, in my opinion. And, and there's another guy that when you want to talk about first half of the year to the second half of the yeah. year. And he got he maybe got overused in the first half of the year. I could see bringing him back, but he's not the top priority for me. I don't love how they used him as the fireman. Like I, He was much better whenever he came in with a, a clean inning as opposed to inheriting runners. I didn't think his stuff played to be a fireman. His velocity dropped a bit for me, too. This is another one that comes down to like price, but I think that there's going to be better options on the market than than Phil Maton. So I'm no on this. Why are you so hard? Yes, because I don't think he's going to cost. I, I don't think he's going to cost that much. I think yeah. you have got to bring one of these three guys back. I think he is the most logical one that I want to bring uh, of like price wise, and I prefer him over Stanek. Neris. Neris is love, my top priority. I would love to, but I just the, I can't imagine the it. risk that you run. I can is imagine that he's going to get Montero money. And more. It's the same conversation, Jeremy, you and I had mm-hmm. last offseason when we said, look, we were both out on Montero because we said some team's going to throw silly money at him to be a closer and have a more substantial role than he had here. And therefore, we're out because we're not going to pay the money and some team's going to take him. Instead, Jim Crane took the, the gave him the money and gave him the deal yeah. that we thought some other team was going to give him. I think some other team's going to look at Naris the same way. He was a closer in Philly. He has experience. He, he showed on... In, in high leverage situations, that he was Houdini, uh-huh. and someone's going to throw money at that. I, I'm yes on Naris. I think there's a chance you can get him back, but I, you're, you're going to have to play the market. You're going to have to let him go out, get other offers from other teams, because the free agency market for relievers is kind of like the running back market of the NFL. Like unless you're a closer, you're not getting top dollar unless you play for the Astros and Jim Crane throws it to you before the market kind of sets itself. Like some of the big relievers last year got eight, nine, ten million dollars for one year. Kimbrell waited around forever to yeah. get a deal, so, and I think Kenley Jansen did so too. I could see that happening with Darius. We're like, I want to get tons of money, and it's like, okay, well, it's just not there. And then the Astros kind of get not not a team friendly deal, maybe a market value deal, but the Astros get Naris back because they give them an extra year or two than what is out there. So I think there's a chance to get Naris. I'm yes, I would like Naris back uh, for like market value, but market value might be hard because I think that Montero thing will come into yeah. play because if you're Naris's agent, you're looking at Crane going, yep. look, my guy's better than this guy, yep, and lot. you gave this guy 11 and a half for three years. I'm going to need at least that. So I do think that 
that's going to come in play. That's why I think if you do bring Naris back, it's late in the offseason versus early in the offseason. Yeah, it's the, it's the Clint Capella deal with the Rockets where if you think you're worth more, go out and get it and then come back and talk to us and we'll talk. Because I think he wants to be here. He likes the environment. He likes winning. He likes the clubhouse. He likes everything that he's been through and the way they have confidence in him and have really given him a, a definitive role that he's excelled at. But money talks. Mm-hmm. And, and if some team's going to throw silly dollars at him – He's going to make a, a, a business decision on what makes sense. Stanek, oh, go ahead. I think I think Naris is going to be a closer next year. So I, I don't think I don't, so. I don't think his closer stuff. You don't oh. think so? No, he doesn't. His he doesn't really have great velocity. I mean, you got, splitters you got his best teams. pitch. No, gonna he's going to be in his mid thirties. Like I don't think he's a closer. I'm going to name one team here specifically with the example, but like you got teams like the Cubs rolling out Michael Fulmer as a yeah. closer last year, like. Hector Neris can't be the Cubs I was closer say, next year. Was he the closer going into the year, Fulmer? I thought yeah. that they had uh, – what's his name? No, he was. Team, I don't think that Neris could be a closer. If, he, if, if he's a closer somewhere, the Astros are out of the market for Neris. Team matters. I was going to say, team matters. You're not going to get a, a, a front-line, top-of-the-line playoff and World Series contender that's going to pay him to be their closer, yeah. but you're going to get a team that's going to pay him to be their closer. If he, if, if he is if he is signed as a closer, the Astros have no chance at Hector Neris. Yeah. Let, me tell you, let me tell you one place where you can end up being the closer. On, on a, I'm not gonna say a front line team because they underachieved. San Diego. Yeah, if they lose Hater. If they lose Hater because yeah. someone's gonna overpay Hater, they bring Hector Narrison at a cheaper rate to be a closer, which every relief pitcher wants to be on a team that has the potential yeah. to be a really. Good I mean, team. if he's a closer, you can kiss him goodbye. That's he's not why I Astro. think he's gone. Yeah, he's gone if he's if he's a closer somewhere. I don't think he's gonna be, but if he is, kiss him goodbye. He's pitched his last game as an Astro. Ryan Stanek. Nope. He's gone. You don't. You you want him back or no? No, because, I think well, he was standing back. Let me say. Let me, let me say this. I believe in his stuff enough, and and that that he could be back, and I would be I would be just fine with it. The biggest thing he's got. The biggest thing he has going for him, if he wants to be back, is Dusty's gone, and, and that the, this unbelievable regular season two years ago, not to pitch in the playoffs, and then basically repeat it where he wasn't bad until he sprained his ankle. I, I think that he wants to go somewhere else because he didn't like the way he was treated. Maybe the only thing that could save it is if Dusty's gone and the money's right, but I don't think he's going to be back. Dusty was right, 22 playoffs on that. Uh, I would take Stanek back. So there's two guys I'm not bringing back. It's Maldonado and Brantley. I would bring back any of the relievers on a fair contract. Of the three, I would go Neris, Stanek, Maton. That's the, the order I, I, I would I, have. I, w- I would agree with that as well because I think Stanek has the fastball that Maton does not, yeah. and when his splitter's right, he can be exactly what you need him to be in in a later part of a game. I, I just don't believe in Maton stuff that much anymore. I, I think the, the two guys for me are Naris and and, uh, and Stanek. Where do you have Brantley if you had to put him in that I, category? See, I, I see him yes differently category. than you. The locker room loves him. He's a professional hitter. Uh, he made some plays in the outfield that shows he could still play the outfield this year. This year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I bring him back, and especially if the money's right. If he goes in that 5-7 to seven range and does you a solid, I definitely think Naris or Brantley? Nares. Stanek or Brantley? Brantley. Okay. Joe, where you at? Guys that you want well, back, so order I, them. I, I'm Nares. You're, you're out on Maldi. You're out on Brantley. Yeah. You're in on the relievers if you get them back at a decent Na- price. I go Nares, Maton, Brantley, Stanek, Maldi. Okay. All right. Where are you at, Houston? 713-780-ESPN-HRNP listener line. Also, when we return, what's the number one thing you want to see the Texans change from the buy? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. We keep getting away with it. I want the ball. Give it the ball.
Let's get back to the Killer Bees, whose hive is in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the tailgate. Here's Joel and Jeremy. He's Blank on Branham. We're at the tailgate, broadcasting live from Silver Street Studio. There you go. Give me a little dab. I like it. Um, a lot of these textures here. Six seven six. We've got some hot takes in the offseason. Six seven six one. Trey Tucker, before you had to pay him, and I'm not kidding, his nonchalant lollygag attitude was contagious in the postseason. I was so disappointed in him. Uh, you in Houston, I don't think it's terrible Give team building, honestly, when you trade players before they leave for free. Uh, I would probably wait an offseason, though. I'd probably do it going into their last year before two years left. Joe, make that a promo and give that whoever that was information out there so I can basically get someone else to take some heat for wanting to trade Tucker. I'm done. I mean, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have really – I don't. I mean, if, I, they, if I, they traded Tucker this offseason, if it was for the right move, I wouldn't hate it. But I, frankly, I think it's, it's an offseason too early. I'm, I'm a believer in trading. Like this is hot takey. Uh, I, I believe in what the Rays do. Like the Rays trade players before they ever come close to yeah. free agency, and they continue to like it snowballs, snowballs, snowballs. So before a star player becomes a free agent, they trade that player. They get a few prospects in. Those prospects turn out to be good. Those prospects before they leave for free agency, they're trading them. So they never see a commodity or, walk yeah. out of the door. Like commodities are walking out of the door, but you're getting a return on investment. Whereas the Astros, like you let Correa leave, you get like a compensation pick, whatever. You let Cole leave, you get a compensation pick whatever same thing with Springer so like you're getting the maximum years from those players but then once they walk out the door you're not really getting anything returned other than the compensation well, picks the Rays do it twofold too right or they they analyze talent so well that they can analyze a guy that's going to be a long-term long-standing stud and that they might hang on to a little longer or if they realize they got a prospect that turns into a stud uh, albeit on the field only you wrap them up early like yeah. with right. Bronco but even those guys they trade like they did that with Evan Longoria, traded him. They did that with David Price, traded him. Like they even even those guys. Now they keep them longer. Yeah, they keep them longer than like those four or five years. But even even at the back end of those deals, they still trade them. Like I, I think it's brilliant. Now I, I would say the only like if I would trade Tucker in one instance this offseason, if they were really having conversations with the Chicago White Sox about uh, Dylan Robert. Cease, oh. and you could trade Kyle Tucker plus other for Cease and Robert this offseason and make, like, a franchise-altering trade? Because I think that's what that is. Yeah, Even though Cease's contract what's not Robert's that long, contract? I just don't know what, He's what's so cheap. I don't understand the White Sox incentive there, though. Like, what, what are they doing that for? Well, and the thing is, they're not going to pay Tucker, so that's the problem. Yeah, they're, 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 trading, they're trading players that they're paying a lot of money for for a guy who they're about to have to pay a lot of money yeah, for. Yeah, that's like, the it's, problem. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, the incentive for the White Sox isn't there. Uh, Paul in West University, he has a, a couple of hot takes here. Astros need an experienced manager like Gabe Kapler. Oh, God, uh, no. This is a veteran nope. team. No time to break in a new manager. We also need someone who can stand up to Bagwell and Crane. I do agree to that. Uh, no to all these free agents. We need some new blood. Dana Brown is supposedly good at finding talent. See if they can. For what it's worth, I'm skeptical. I'm very anti-Gabe Kapler. If Gabe Kapler is the manager of the Astros next year, I would be very, 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 very sad and mad. He's tough guy his way out of a couple opportunities that recently and from everything you hear he's not exactly exactly the right culture guy for a locker room especially if you do have some veterans and some guys that have been around the block and done more and been through more than he has and i don't think that his personality would fit this locker room i don't think that's the right choice at all and, and frankly like i know like mauricio dubon's opinions don't probably matter the most but isn't he the reason why he wanted to leave san francisco was because he had issues with the way he was being used. Oh, that's part of it. And like, so like, you have someone in your clubhouse that can attest to like what Gabe Kapler is. Do you guys have any concerns that 
the Jose Abreu line of the back of the baseball card is going to now factor into the manager decision? Like Joe Madden? Because, like, mm, like they go I don't want no. Joe Madden. But like, either. back of the baseball card says Joe Madden, World Series champion. Joe Madden went to the World Series with the Rays. Like, yeah. if Baggy's calling the shots here, like, how much is the back of the baseball card? Well, if you're Dana and you get like, Joe Madden, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, think so. It doesn't really like, add up to me though. They said they wanted to go young. I don't think it's going to matter. I, I don't so think that the back of the baseball card is going to matter. I hope not. I, I it's really just, don't. Like, it's like if it matters to the players, if, like that's your defense of why you bring in Jose Abreu. Like, I don't know how it doesn't also factor into being part. I mean, of the no one looks process. at the back of the baseball card for a manager though. You I know? think they look at <laughs> like player manager. I think is a little different with that adage. Pelts on the wall. Yeah, pelts on the wall. They uh, look at World thing. Series championships, or I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just trying to talk myself out of this disaster. I don't want Joe Madden, and I don't want Gabe Kapler. And I honestly, I think Kapler is my number. one I don't no. like Brad Ausmus because I don't not because I don't think Brad Ausmus would do a fine job. I don't like it because then you know what Bagwell's still doing to this organization. Yeah, it's scary. That's why we're concerned about the direction of this organization. Hopefully they can hire a good manager. Hopefully Dana Brown's a good general manager, and then you let them do their thing. It's what you did that got to the golden era. It's what led to all the success. You hired two really good baseball men. Uh, Jeff Luno, great general manager. A.J. Hinch, good manager. Did he have a hiccup in the 19 World Series? Yes, he had a major hiccup in the 2019 World Series. But the reason that you had the success is because you got out of the way. Let's hope Dana Brown's a good general manager. Let's hope you knock it out of the park. Sorry for the pun. With whoever you hire as the manager here. And then get out of the way. Get the heck out of the way. Let smart baseball people make smart baseball moves. Uh, 713-780-3776. I I think the Texans... I think they're more smarter now. <laughs> Listen to that quote. I think they're smarter now than they used to be, right? You know, you've gotten just rid Joe of George, uh, you. you got mm. rid of Cully. You've mm. gotten rid of Lovey. You've gotten rid of Easterby. Uh, you brought in D'Amico Ryan, sharp football mind. Uh, if you think Nick Casario is a sharp football mind, then sharp football mind there. What's the number one thing you want to see the uh, see differently for the Texans now that you've had the uh, the bye week here? You went into the bye three and three. You obviously you're doing self scouting. Obviously you're evaluating yourselves. Uh, you're trying to make yourself better. All of those cliche things that that are real. They they actually do happen. But what's the change that you want to see for the Texans now that the bye is gone, and we're going to see some Texans football on Sunday? I mean, the first thing is I, I don't want them to be hell bent on the run all the time in the way that they're calling plays. And that's not to say that I don't like what Bobby Slowick's been able to do. But when there's been hiccups from week to week, when you've seen some of the things that hasn't haven't exactly excited me. It's about the fact that they're still force-feeding the run too much. They know that with C.J. being C.J., with the receivers that they have, with the way they've been able to really kind of excel by doing the short pass game and move the football around and, and quick passes and get the ball out of their hands, it seems like even when that was working and they did it, they were still hell-bent on saying, but we want to be a running football team, we want to run the football. And it frustrated me when you'd have back-to-back running plays that reminded me of the Bill O'Brien era too much. I would like to see them just admit to who they are and do it because they do it really well and, and just kind of maybe pass the ball more and be more of an open, quick passing team. Uh, to, the, to the run aspect of it, too, I agree with you. Uh, I, I do want to see them be a little bit more, I guess, creative. With how they run the ball, I feel like they were a little bit too predictable. They were doing the very, they're like the first down, run the ball, like their Bill O'Brien type of stuff. It drove me crazy. I do like that they got to Devin Singletary a little bit more. 
Uh, I wanted Singletary to be the running back one on this football team until further notice. I think he fits the scheme much better, the zone blocking scheme. Singletary's better at it than Damian Pierce. I I still want it to be close to a 50-50 split, but I'm promoting Singletary to my top running back. And and this might be hand-in-hand, but I think this is the week coming off the bye that you do move Titus Howard back to right tackle. I wanted Titus Howard at left guard whenever he came back because I felt it gave you your best five by far. Uh, Fant was good. You, you didn't really have anything at left guard because Josh Jones was, was hurt. He was out. I didn't want you to play like Dieter there. So I was totally fine with Titus playing left guard for those two games when he came back off of the, uh, the injured list. So now that you've had the bye, now that it looks like Josh Jones is healthy, assuming that he's healthy, I'm not 100% sure that he is, but they say he's practicing, still has some tape on his hand, assuming that he's good to go this is the week that Titus Howard goes back to right tackle and I think it does play into the running game so you got Laramie at left tackle Jones at left guard Patterson at center Shaq Mason at right guard and this is the week Titus goes back to right tackle hopefully you get Xavier Scruggs back at some point and he's at least in the mix at left guard and or center uh, but who knows with the, the mystery there. But I, I think that Jones back at left guard, Titus to right tackle. You know how I've always been adamant about I hate the musical chairs in the offensive line. But you did what you had to do to give your quarterback job security. I mean, uh, health and secu- quarterback security by any means necessary. So you did what you had to do to give you, you the best offensive line to keep your quarterback upright. But now, by any means necessary, you need to get him back, Howard back to the right tackle because that's where you're going to see him for the foreseeable p- future. That's what you signed him to be, your, your long-term at least for the next several years, right tackle. And I'd like to see him get back there, assuming that you have the right guys to fill in the other spots. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What's the what's a move that you want to see? A change that you want to see for the Houston Texans as they come off the bye and play Carolina this weekend. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also, it's opening night for the Houston Rockets. They're going to get started here in about half an hour. They play in the East Coast, so six o'clock tip. What's your excitement level for the Rockets this season? What do you want from them? This season within reason. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You're hooked up with it. You hooked up with it. You decided to marry it. I told you I wasn't into it. You said it didn't matter. To the Killer Bees, live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the tailgate. Here's Joel and Jeremy. Rockets play basketball tonight. They they open the 2023-24 season for themselves. I didn't watch any of the uh, the games yesterday. Did you watch any of the games I yesterday? I watched a little of them. I saw the Nuggets lost to the or the Nuggets, Nuggets beat the Lakers, and then Magic Johnson was tweeting the Nuggets are going to be tough in the playoffs this year. That's awesome, <laughs> great analysis. I there, love Magic, Magic Johnson. <laughs> did you see Anthony Davis's second half? It was like over. Did didn't he go make, over? Did not make a shot. Yeah, I, I did. I saw some people on Twitter talking how he was over. He didn't they run their mouth in the offseason, too that they had it? They had something in store. For for the Lakers this year, or for the Nuggets? Is that right? I think I think so. I mean, look, they did get better. They increased. They, they they improved a lot of their role players. They also had to overpay Austin Reeves. But the Nuggets are really they're, they're the epitome of a team. They're a really good, solid basketball team. And I think what you're going to see in the NBA this year is as much as you've seen the return to the super teams and the attempt to with what Milwaukee did, Boston, Phoenix, teams like that. There's still going to be room for teams like Denver, Sacramento, that they're going to play team basketball and can team you to death by just getting the right guys at all the different role plays. 
Yeah, that was a fun analysis from Magic Johnson. But NBA season opening up last night. Rockets open up tonight. Get to that in two seconds. I want to address a couple of these texts. Nine uh, eight nine four. Hector Neris is under club control for the 24th season. Neris has a player option, $8.5 million. He can accept that and be with the Astros next year at $8.5 million, or he can turn the option down, be a free agent, and make way more than $8.5 million for one year. So is it possible that Neris can still exercise the club option? Yes. Is there a 99% chance he opts out of it? Also, yes. yes. Uh, Robert and Beaumont, more John Mechie. It's going to be tough for Mechie to play more. Tank Dell's coming back from the concussion. Noah Brown is back. I think Mechie is clearly wide receiver five on this team. For this year, too. I think that he's still as much as, you know, it's one thing to say that he's over the cancer part of this, but getting back to true football shape and football conditioning and being what he can truly be football-wise – that was secondary for the entire, you know, the entire offseason and even in a training camp. I think we're not going to really see what John Mechie can be until next season. And because you do have a full stable of receivers that you, you've mentioned and, and even Woods at the top of that list, I don't think it's going to be tough to find the opportunities for him to get enough playing time. Yeah, he's behind Nico, he's behind Woods, he's behind Tank, and he's behind Noah Brown. Just to say, Robert Woods did not practice today. It was not a rest day. He was out because it, it was not a rest day? It was not a rest okay, day. Okay, that's not I yeah. saw some people speculating that it was. It was he was out because of a sore foot. Is the, so the injury report's out. Sore foot. Did, I think he was limping in the last game. I think the, if, I, if I remember correctly. But coming off the bye week, what was he riding means, the dirt bike during the, uh, during no, the, the it, bye week? It means that that injury he sustained in the game was, was significant. I thought he might have been with Jeff Kent. Now, if he's doing something like that, then he's an idiot. Uh, but Mechie, if, if, if Robert Woods is healthy, I think that uh, I think Mechie's clearly behind Noah Brown as wide receiver number five on this team. Uh, and I think that's okay for this year. Like This is definitely a year where he needs to get his feet wet. He went through a lot, you know, beat cancer, beat leukemia. Uh, so I've liked what I've seen from him. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot more snaps, though. All right, what's your excitement level for the Houston Rockets this season? 713-780-3776. Where is it at for you, especially relative to the last few years as a oh, Rocket fan? It's night and day. I am excited about this team. Uh, I was talking with people in the organization uh, as recently as within the last 24 to 48 hours and said, I am literally looking forward to watching this team play basketball this year because you got the right coach. He's going to have them playing the right way. You've got a coach and a coaching staff that's going to help to develop the young talent that you've put on this roster. You spent some money, maybe too much in my opinion, on one guy, but you brought in some veterans to kind of change that culture in the locker room, help again another in another way and facet develop the young talent and maybe take this team to another level in terms of wins. I think we're going to see a big jump in wins. I think we're going to see a much more entertaining product. I don't think it's going to translate to a playoff team, but I, don't think, I think that's okay. Yeah, I think it would be great if this team's fighting for a play-in. I, I'm super excited for this team. They have a lot of pieces, and they had pieces last year, but they had, like, unorganized chaos like that was not a very disciplined team it was not a very well coached team you had a lot of talented pieces just running around and I hated watching them play and I I tried not to watch them play but it's kind of my job I hated watching them play last year I thought it was underdeveloped and poorly used it was I couldn't stand why it made me sick watching them play they could lose more games this year they're not but they could lose more games this year but because I think they're going to be well coached organized I will enjoy watching them more now I do think they're going to win more games because they've added legitimate veterans 
veterans. I mean, Red Van, Fred Van Vliet, a legitimate veteran. Dylan Brooks, a legitimate veteran. Did they overpay? Fair conversation to have, but they're legit Jeff Green. veterans. Jeff Green, I don't know how much he's going to play, Not, but a legitimate veteran for he sure. He doesn't have to play a ton of yeah. minutes, but he's going to be a big factor for sure. in the locker room. For sure. And I, I think that their young pieces are super talented. I, I, I'm a little bit higher on Jalen Green than I think you are. Uh, Jabari, somebody who excites me as a dude who can really shoot the rock and play some defense. I think Alpi's incredibly exciting because of his, his offensive creativity. Does he play better defense this year is a huge question. I'm in Thompson, man. Thompson his court vision. Jump like, shot looks good, I'm too. scared he's not going to get a ton of minutes. Like, I wonder where his minutes come from. It's like one of the things early in the season I'm going to be watching very closely. But I think he's incredibly talented. Uh, this is going to be a fun team to watch, even if they don't get to the play. Tari. Now, Tari Easton's going to miss the first couple weeks, but yep. I agree with you. Like, the junkyard dog, is he the heir apparent to Dylan Brooks? I think he can be. Great perimeter defender, can play some small ball four. Hopefully he can work on that shot and increase it and be better increase that shooting percentage, which I think he can. He's got the touch. I think it's more shot selection, things like that. Um, the whole, like, play-in tournament thing, it's kind of like we talk about the Texans. I want them to be in the hunt. I want them to be competitive for the play-in tournament because I do think it helps young teams. I think it helps the development of young teams. When you have an attainable goal, when there are stakes on the line, if you fall a game short of the play-in, I think that's great for future years. If you get into a play-in, even if you get smoked by 30, I think that's great for future years. So I want the Rockets to be in play-in tournament contention. I think they have a shot to get there if Imeodoka gets the most out of this I do team. too, and I'll pile onto that to say one other thing about if they're in contention. They see a different version of Ime Adoka then. Because then you see a coach that's trying to get you to a, another level, and he ratchets it up for intensity for big-time games. And they get that seasoning as well, too, because they haven't had that. They haven't been close to it. They haven't sniffed it. They have no idea what to expect with it. And so between Adoka and the veterans, to get them ratcheted up and understand how hyper-focused it means when you're competing for the next level in the playoffs – they need that kind of experience as much as they need a certain amount of minutes per game. I think even just like looking at the starting lineup tonight, like seeing Dylan Brooks, Jalen Green, Alperin Shangoon, Jabari Smith, Fred Van Bleet, like that's your starting five. Immediately, like there's more excitement. Like there's no there's no Kevin Porter Jr. There's none of that garbage. Like no Jay Sean Tate. No offense to Jay Sean. He's got to be gone soon. Like I know, but like I think he's like, gonna get significant minutes. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna play much. And, and with the no, I think Thompson, he will. You think so? Yeah. Because they're going to shop at it. Small ball five? I, I mean, uh, he's not going to play the five. Adoka uh, said that he might. Yeah, I know he did. I don't believe it. <laughs> Amen Thompson, he, he should be the first guy off the bench. Definitely the backup point guard. Like, yeah, Holiday should sure. Be. Like, I, sure. I like Holiday on this team. I, Holiday should not be the backup point guard over Amen Thompson. Holiday and Tate should be used early in the season to shop them to another team because I think there are veteran teams See, that I don't, still I don't need like those that guys. Either. Like, I like your theory. But I don't want Holiday to get minutes at the like the expense of Amin Thompson, even if it means because you're trying to shop Holiday. I don't want to do it. I want Holiday to be the third string from a guard, business period. decision and from a long term perspective. Yeah. You open the door so Thompson can be that guy the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But in order to prove, and he did prove it in the preseason a little bit, but Holiday has to be a guy that proves his wares to another team to where whether injury or not, yeah. they need a veteran. And, and the same thing with Tate. You should have never signed him to that extension because otherwise Tate would have been easily to move and you wouldn't have a problem. But now, because of the fact you signed him to the extension for big money, now you've got to showcase he's still got it so you can get rid of him. I'm really, I'm, really, I'm really excited for the season, but I'm also really eager to see what the rotation looks like. Because if a man Thompson plays three minutes, I'm going to have some issues tomorrow. Like, yeah. I'm going to like it's that. It's possible. I can understand Cam Whitmore a little bit more. Although, like if we come, in to, do a, if, if we come in and play. do a show tomorrow and Jay Sean Tate played 20 minutes and Cam Whitmore played eight, 
sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some thoughts. Now, I'm going to have some things to say. But I would also say that the rotation that he's going to use now is going to be vastly different than the one he uses probably even by All-Star break. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But I want it to be now. Like, i rather I rather sacrifice three wins in the first month of the season by playing Cam Whitmore and Amin Thompson over Holiday and Jay Shante. Like, I will surrender and sacrifice those three wins in October and November because I think it's more important for those guys to get minutes, even if it costs you three wins. I really want to see Thompson and Whitmore play all the time. I just I, I don't think they're going to do it. Because I'm with you, by the way. Because from a business perspective, they're trying to unload what they don't want. See, Holiday, I, I disagree a little bit, because I think Holiday's a third-string point guard in the NBA, and I don't think him playing 10, 12 minutes a game is going to change his reputation around the league. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, I do agree with you. Like he, he probably needs film, he needs tape, he needs 15 minutes if you want to trade him. And that contract's like more attractive for the Rockets to get out of as opposed to Jack uh, Holiday, which I think is just a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. Yeah, so that one's not like that one doesn't really hurt you. Whereas Jay Sean Tate, he's playing wing where you have a lot of wings and it's a contract you'd love to get out of. Like I think you're probably right on him. I would disagree on the Holiday because I love him in Thompson. All right, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. Uh, where is your excitement for the Houston Rockets? 713-780-3776. Also, the Athletic, I think, puts the Rockets on the wrong tier when looking at the landscape of the NBA. And we got to get to our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are your nominees for our Car Wreck of the Day? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Just talk some basketball there. I'm calling a basketball game on Saturday. I cannot wait. I'm pumped up for basketball season, which for the Rockets begins tonight. Uh, you probably have a kid maybe that's playing high school school, middle school, AAU, or you just love, you, you have a love for the game. Well, if you do, you need to get a basketball goal in your driveway. They have the highest quality basketball goals you'll find, better than anything you'll see in the big box stores. Tempered glass backboard, it's great. Breakaway rim, fantastic for throwing down some jams. Stainless steel hardware, rust proof, height adjustable. These are fantastic, better than anything you'll find in the big box stores. I mentioned height adjustable. Your range is 5 feet to 10 feet. You want to lower it down because you have a small kid working on their jump shot, you can do that. Or maybe you got to lower it down to five feet for you to dunk the basketball and you want to dunk the basketball. Cool, you can do that. Or raise it up to ten feet. Maybe you got a kid really working on their game. Maybe you want to work on that jump shot. Maybe you got a bet to see who can knock down the most threes on a regulation goal. Raise it all the way up to 10 feet. Their accessories are next level, too. LED light kits for night play. Look, it's still hot in Houston during the day, so you might want to wait till nighttime. Well, the LED light kits will help you out there. Kids in school, you got to work during the day. Only time you have to play is at night. We'll get these LED light kits. A backstop net so you don't have to chase the basketball goal around as well. And you can order everything, including professional installation, online. You're not great with a level. You're not great with a ladder. You're not great with a drill. You don't have to be because the pros at ProDunk professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't install. Let the pros at ProDunk do the work for you. Give them a call right now, 281-351-9822, and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. ESPN 97.5.com on the Chase Long. I've got a dress long in my dressing room and a pack of warm beer that we can consume. Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios are currently located at the tailgate, culture map, and sports map celebration of Houston sports. Now, here are your Houston sports professors, the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brandon. Brian likes that. Brian likes calling us the professor. Well, Spencer's calling us the professors, but Brian's played it three times. Shows you School's what, in, baby. Shows you what Brian thinks of us. Spencer was just, 10 feet from us the other day and didn't say hi. Which is more than what uh, Where? Joe thinks of us. He was in the, he was in the building on Monday. 
I well, talked to Spencer Saturday. Yeah, but he doesn't want a part of us at, at the station. Yeah, I talked wants, to him Saturday. Yeah. He doesn't want to fight you. Did you guys fight? No, Spencer and I get along great. We get along really well. Yeah. Well, he was complaining about the spot against the Cougars. He's like, you guys got, and he said a word that you're not allowed to say, which apparently he does often. He says things he's not allowed to say, I hear. Oh, yeah. I, I hear yeah. that, too. Yeah. But no he, he, he didn't say it on the air, though. He said it, uh, he said it to me this privately time? in the press box. This time of uh, TDECU State. Yeah, he wasn't pleased with that call. He thought that call was wrong. Uh, Austin Wimbanyama. 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 Can't wait to watch this generational freak tonight. First time I've been pumped to watch basketball since Jordan ruled the NBA. I think Austin's being a little sarcastic, but I'm not 100% sure. I think Wimbanyama is going to be a really good basketball player. I'm not sure how good he is this year, though. No, I was going to say, I'm giving it two to three years. The guys that I, when I was talking to recently about Wimbanyama, I said, look, look at Giannis when he came into the league. You know, he was a rail. He was thin. Yeah. He hadn't gotten to a weightlifting program. He hadn't put on any weight. What you see of Wemby is just going to be scratching the surface to what you're going to see in two to three years when he fills out. He gets strength. He gets all the things that the NBA, you know, strength and conditioning and dietitians do to him. Uh-huh. You're going to see a, a totally different player in a couple of years, but it's still exciting to talk about what he could be this year. I think he'll impact defense this year. Like, he's, he's still going to protect the rim. He's a giant in terms of height. I, I think he's going to rebound really well because, again, he's really, really tall. How's he going to score the basketball? Like, is he a catch-and-shoot guy? He's going to be facing See, the basket. I think if he faces up, like, out on the perimeter, I think he's going to get ripped five times a game. I think if they if they run him from the elbows to the three-point line, he's, he can shoot it well enough mm-hmm. to where he can have an impact. But I, he's just too light to go down on the low block and do anything yeah. but, like, jump hooks See, and putbacks. I think for him to be a great, I think for him to be one of the best players in the NBA – I think he has to develop a post-up game. And, like, you can get it to him and then Kevin Garnett face up from 17, 18 feet and use your speed and your athleticism. I think – but but he's also going to be long with his dribble. And if he's long with his dribble, he's going to get stripped a yeah. lot. Yep. I, I believe for him to be an all-time great, I believe he has to de- uh, develop a post-up game. Oh, there's no doubt about it. He has to become Giannis in a couple of years in terms of maybe not as dominant because Giannis literally has to rely on his low post and his running of the floor because he can't good shoot. Handles, though. Yeah, he can't shoot. Whereas – the biggest concern for me on both Chet Holmgren and Wemby is can they put on weight? Because there's yeah. some guys that struggle with it, and that's going to be a problem with the health we've already seen from Chet. But just like you said, he's going to get stripped. Yeah, He's also going to get run into a lot in traffic, and with his wiry long legs, that's a danger zone. Yeah. And I think he has good touch, to your point, good shooting touch. Do I think he's going to shoot 30% from three this year? No, I, I don't. Can. I, I it don't depends think on the looks he gets. I don't think this year he will, but I think he can. I think he's already got a really nice shooting touch. Honey Glaze Branham, mark my words, Wimby will be the Jamarcus Russell of the NBA. Uh, that's insulting. Uh, Tony, 22, absolutely agree. I think the rookies should get as many minutes as possible, talking about the Rockets, at least Thompson and Whitmore, uh, to try to accelerate their growth, to catch up with Green and the other young core we have. I, I do. Like, if, if Whitmore and a man are sitting the bench for – Holiday and, and Tate, that's I think terrible. that's an issue. Uh, zero four two six. you can make the play-in and still be a lottery pick, too. That's best-case scenario. You would have to lose a play-in, but, yes, I see your point, zero four two six. The one thing that I would push back on you here, zero four two six, is the Rockets won't have their pick unless it lands in the top four. That's going to Oklahoma yep. City yep. this year. So if you're in the play-in, it's going to be much more difficult for you to land in the top four. Uh, so just a slight pushback uh, there. And by the way, a team to watch in terms of going to be fun to watch yeah. and young and developed, OKC is really going to be fun to watch. I'm excited about the NBA this year, uh, more than I have been in a long time, and I think it's because I'm bullish on the Rockets. I'm excited for their growth. I'm excited to watch them play. Uh, it's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. And there's a lot tonight. of storylines. You know, does Bradley Beal fit, and does Phoenix have 
yeah. can do it without a point guard. Chris Paul's fit with a team that otherwise hated him, and now yeah, they got to love be weird him too. Yeah, it, you know, people forget about how good the Kings were a year ago. Can they do it again and continue to build on that? And then the Nuggets and, and the Bucks trying to make a bounce back. There's a ton of storylines. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun year, and I think locally because the Rockets are gonna be something that resembles an actual NBA team. Uh, makes it really cool. All right, let's get to our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You all right? <laughs> My leg is broken. The ball's oh, coming see. through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. We always let the uh, texters and the Twitchers nominate first. King of Twitch is nominating me. This was a conversation we were having in the Twitch. He's nominating me for my attempt to fuse the Rays and the Dodgers. The Dodgers signed Andrew Freeman to be their GM a long time ago, game for Tampa Bay. That's the background of the story. But he nominates me as the car wreck of the day for trying to combine, defuse the Rays and the Dodgers. A couple of text nominations, 0170, car wreck of the day. I'd like to nominate the Sillies for car wreck of the day after last night choke job to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then 4071, he wants to nominate the Astros, home team Astros, as the car wreck of the year. Uh, fair. Uh, I think we had them the, for the car yeah. wreck on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, they wanted they wanted yesterday. So those are nominations, though. What are you nominating here, Blankers? For really, car wreck of the day. I think. I mean, obviously the Phillies are the easy one because of the fact that I think everybody thought that they were. Well, you know who? Oh, the car wreck of the day is Mad Dog. Mad Dog Russo. <laughs> that was that was what I was going to say. Like, Mad, Mad Dog Russo. If you missed it, said that he would. Re- he pulled a uh, Mel Kiper Jr. He basically said he would retire. If the if the Diamondbacks beat the Phillies in Game Seven, yeah, he said that if they won either, if they won both games, if they won six and seven, advance to the World Series, he would retire. He was on first take yelling at me this morning. He uh, turned it off right away. Yeah, I don't watch that show. I don't know. I just it just happened to be on ESPN from like the night. Before. I actually like Mad Dog, but I don't watch that show. He's, I like Mad Dog on High Heat. See, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't love him on High. I hate his interview approach. I like him on high heat. I hate watching him interview people. He's like, you have a second baseman that's really good. Can you tell me a little bit about him? I'm not a big fan of his interview approach, but I find him to be entertaining. So y'all go Mad Dog Russo as y'all's nominations. What do you got, Brian McDonald, back in the studio? What are you nominating for our car record today? Mad Dog Russo was absolutely the one I was going to nominate first, but I'll go to my backup plan, and there's been news about this today, but the ongoing saga of James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers gets my train wreck of the day nomination oh. or car wreck that's pretty good with Harden. he's back now i hope his mom no okay. they, he he was back he's back in he philly was back. he brought his bags yeah he's there said, but apparently he's yeah, not no, gonna no. play their first two games yeah. so it's it's weird he's not going on the road trip yeah so he's not going on the road trip. shut it down yeah wow yeah they, they stopped the road trip. he showed up so he was gonna play and they're like nope we don't want you see you later yeah you stay here in philly but, but he makes his money then he will yeah yeah. Unless they say sus- su- uh, suspension for insubordination in the in the preseason to where they have suspension with cause. If they actually make it official and they suspend him, uh, if they just tell him to stay home, he's going to get paid. Did you hear Doc Rivers? He was on uh, Dan Patrick's show today. And he's like, what were your conversations with James Harden like? He's like, our conversations were already very truthful, transparent, honest. It's probably why I'm doing TV this year. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Doc. It reminded me of like Kevin McHale whenever he would come on with us. Yep. He's like, yeah, there's a reason I was fired. Uh, Doc said that. Actually, listening to Doc talk today, I actually drew a comparison with James Harden and Framber Valdez that I'm saving for tomorrow. Mm, I think it's a a pretty 
decent comparison, too. Good teaser. A good teaser there. Uh, I'm going to nominate for my Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Thank you very much for this, sir. I appreciate you. Look forward to having some more of this. A little bit later on in the uh, in the night, we're at the the Telgate Silver Street Studio. I'm going to nominate the Bryce Harper. Really, Bryce Harper specifically. He talked about how he let down the city. Bryce Harper, oh, loves the playoff moments and has always been really good in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been big this series. Too. Over yesterday, Bryce Harper. Okay. Bryce Harper let down his team in the biggest of the moments. Bryce Harper is my car wreck of the day nomination. Okay. What are you about to read there? I was going to say, shout out to our boy Chef, who listens and participates in the show. But he also is the chef at Rock House. Brought us over some grub. Outstanding oxtail. Really, really good. Give him a shout I've out. I've never had oxtail. I'm looking forward to diving into that. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and we just got these margaritas that are double margaritas. They're double. The the thing in the middle. Is this a wing? It's a wing. Is, is a prickly pear sorbet. What did you think it was? I, I, well, based on the, how it looks, it didn't look like a drummy. It looked like a... Like some kind of a big piece of beef or something. This is oh. gonna be a great night. I'm very excited. What, to be this here. is prickly pear margarita. It's the the so it's a prickly pear sorbet. Oh, Mar- oh. Margarita. margarita. Yeah, yeah. I love these little taste of the town sizes. This is great. Yeah, they're always very good. All right, who, who's winning our uh, car wreck of the day? Who are we voting for I think here? It's the dog. It's Mad Dog. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make an appearance on the show tomorrow too. Oh, Bad Dick Yeah, Mad Dog yeah. is gonna make an appearance on the show. You'll I can't listen believe to the audio. he's not there all the time tomorrow. How many cowards up there? We need it. We need it. He's the guy. You guys give me a <laughs> Hall of Fame. You guys give yeah, me a hard time Joe, about it. Joe George and Colin Coward. Age-related stuff. But Mad Dog's the guy that bulls out Bob Cousy when you're talking He's, about point guards oh, and things no. with J.J. Reddick. You're gonna, right. He I'm goes gonna, way back. You're yeah. right about that. I'm going to miss Dusty Baker referencing all the old-timers. Yeah, I know. Me too. Are you, though? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. All right. Mad Dog Russo, our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You get into a car wreck, 713-999-8773. You don't pay to you win. Visit the website, CarWreckTexas.com. All right. That does it for us. Thanks to Brian McDonald holding down the four back at Gal. Uh, thanks to George, our on-site engineer. He's blank on Branham. Talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Joe George is next in the bullpen on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, right where you belong. You're the only one left of the Wayne family. This is where you belong. Welcome home.